please don't take for granted what you get to be a part of. You're often making a way bigger difference than you think you are. And you're a part of something way bigger than you think you are. So rest in that. Be okay with being a small part of a big thing. Well, Happy New Year, podcast family, and welcome to episode number 300. That is right, 300 of the L3 Leadership Podcast, where we are obsessed with helping you grow to your maximum potential and to maximize the impact of your leadership. My name is Doug Smith, and I am your host, and today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Baritung Advisors. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here, and I hope that you'll enjoy our content and become a subscriber. And if you've been listening to us for a while, thank you so much. It means the world to me, and I would love it if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you listen to podcasts through. That really does help us to grow our audience and reach more leaders, so thank you in advance for that. And in today's episode, you're going to hear me share part one of the top lessons that I learned in 2021. This is something that I do every year. I always extract the top lessons that I learned from my year-end reviews, and I share them with you in one of the first episodes of each year. So I'm really excited for you to listen to these lessons. I think they're going to add a ton of value to your life. Specifically today in part one, you're going to hear my top lessons on business, leadership, and building your platform and influence. And then in part two, which will come out next week, you'll hear me talk about money, marriage, family, and a few other areas as well. And so I think you're going to love these episodes. But before we dive in, just a few announcements. This episode of the L3 Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Baritung Advisors. The financial advisors at Baritung Advisors help educate and empower clients to make informed financial decisions. You can find out how Baritung Advisors can help you develop a customized financial plan for your financial future by visiting their website at baritungadvisors.com. That's B-E-R-A-T-U-N-G advisors.com. Securities and investment products and services offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Baritung Advisors, LPL Financial, and L3 Leadership are separate entities. I also want to thank our sponsor, Henny Jewelers. They're a jeweler owned by my friend and mentor, John Henny. My wife, Laura, and I got our engagement and wedding rings at Henny Jewelers, and we just loved our experience. Not only do they have great jewelry, but they also invest in people. In fact, they give every couple that comes in and gets engaged a book to help them prepare for marriage, and we just love that. So if you're in need of a good jeweler, check out hennyjewelers.com. And with all that being said, here's part one of the top lessons that I learned in 2021. Hey leader, happy new year, and I hope your 2022 is off to an incredible start. Today I'm going to be sharing with you the top lessons that I learned in 2021, and I record a lesson like this every January, and it's always my favorite episode to record because I just finished my year-end review from the previous year, and I get to extract all the nuggets, all the great lessons that I learned, and share them with you, and that's exactly what I'll be doing today. And you know, I mentioned my year-end review. If you've never done a year-end review, this is something I think every leader needs to do. I can't encourage you enough to go back to episode number 297 just a few episodes ago and listen to my lesson on how to conduct a year-end review. It's a practice that'll change your life. And in the show notes, I actually share a template, the same template that I use for my year-end reviews. I share it with you so you can have it for free, so you can start your own year-end review practice. So if you've never done that, go back and listen to that episode, start a year-end review practice, and watch how it'll transform your life. So what I do to prepare for this lesson is I go through my entire year in review and I highlight all of the key lessons that I learned and then I copy those key lessons onto another Word document and then I categorize all of those key lessons learned until I have you know eight or nine categories that I want to share with you today and that's exactly what I'm going to be doing. So I'm going to be sharing with you eight or nine categories of my life and the things that I learned in those areas of my life with you and that's how I developed this lesson. 
Before I dive into the categories of lessons learned, I want to share with you a lesson I learned in putting this lesson together, which I think is absolutely huge. And the lesson is this. Your greatest lessons in life will come from the intentionality in which you live your life with. I'll say that again because this is huge and then I'll explain it. Your greatest lessons in life will come from the intentionality in which you live your life with. And as I was looking over my year-end review and extracting all of these great lessons, I realized that all of these great lessons came from the intentionality in which I lived my life with. Let me, let me just tell you how. Every single lesson that I'm about to share with you came from one of these five sources in my life. Number one, friends. This could be friends in a mastermind group that I'm a part of. It could be a friend that I connected with one-on-one throughout the year. It could be a couple that Laura and I are friends with and spend time with, but I'm constantly learning from my friends. Number two was mentors. I'm constantly looking to meet with people who are further ahead than me and to learn from them. Number three was coaches. I had coaches in my life this year that I met with on a consistent basis that poured into me. Number four is God. It's amazing when you spend time with God and get quiet, what he'll be able to speak to your heart and how he can minister to you and pour into you. It's incredible. And then number five is resources. I'm always listening to podcasts, books, etc. to grow. And what I want you to see is all five of those sources require intentionality. So if you, would, if you would say to me, Doug, I don't know if I have many life lessons from last year. My question would be, what did you do intentionally to grow? See, it takes intentionality to connect with your friends. It takes intentionality to connect with mentors. It takes intentionality to get coaching in your life. It takes intentionality to connect with God. And it takes intentionality to get resources to pour into your life, whether that's podcasts, books, etc. And let me just add this as well. It's not just about the people or the resources that you connect with, but it's also about how are you intentionally documenting everything that you're learning? For me, the primary way that I document my life is through my journal. I take my journal with me everywhere that I go. I take notes in it constantly. If I'm meeting with someone one-on-one and they say something profound, I write it down. If something significant happened in my life that taught me valuable lessons, I write that down in my journal. And I would tell you that 90 to 95% of what I put in my year-end review comes out of my journal. So where do you have a space in your life, whether it's a journal or maybe you record something on your phone or you do voice memos? I don't know what it is you do, but you need to have a system in your life to be intentional about documenting everything you're learning or else you'll lose it. So please document everything. So just to repeat myself again, your greatest lessons in life will come from the intentionality in which you live your life with. Please be intentional with connecting with people, resources, and documenting everything you learn. It'll change your life. All right, with all that being said, let's dive into the categories. And I'm going to split this lesson into two parts. In part one, today, you're going to hear me talk about the lessons that I learned in leadership, in business, and in building your platform slash influence. And then in the next episode, which will be next week, you'll hear part two. You'll hear me share the lessons that I learned about legacy, your calling, friendship, money, parenting, and marriage. And so you're going to want to listen to both. There's so much rich content in this. So get ready, buckle your seatbelts, and let's go. So let's dive right into the first category, which is leadership slash business. There's a lot of lessons I want to cover here. The first one being this, you are one decision away from losing the ability to lead. You are one decision away from losing the ability to lead. And look around leaders. I don't know about you. I'm 36 years old. I've seen a lot of leaders recently lose their ability to lead because of one decision. And I'm certainly not foolish enough to think that I'm not capable of making one decision and losing my ability to lead. And so what is the lesson that we must draw from that? The lesson is this, that we must focus on our character development more than anything else. In fact, that's one of our core values here at L3 Leadership is character development. We believe that character development is the most important development. And so leaders, if we're not going to lose our ability to lead, we have to grow daily. We have to get feedback in our lives and in our leadership. 
We must not do life alone. You must do life in community. We must have people in our lives that can tell us no on a consistent basis. And lastly, we must guard ourselves against things that could take us down. I was meeting with a mentor for lunch recently, and we were talking about this very subject, and we were talking about leaders that have fallen and no longer have the ability to lead because of the decisions that they made. And this leader that I was meeting with, they're not at the end of their leadership journey. I'd say they're headed into the fourth quarter, and I've so admired their their character. I've admired their integrity, and I was asking them questions saying, you know, how can I make it to my finish line intact? How can I make sure that I don't make decisions that off-rail me from my leadership journey? And they said something so profound to me that I thought I'd have to share this with you. Here's what they said. They said, Doug, once you have something in your life that can medicate you, the presumption that you can manage the pain and stress in your life is insane. He said, help me to understand why you have so much confidence in your flesh. And listen, there are seasons to this. There are seasons of your life where you may be able to handle some of the things that are medicating you now, but you're going to hit a season where the stress or the pain will be so high that that if you have things that can medicate you, that's where you're going to go and it's going to get you in trouble. And then he gave some examples. He talked about drinking alcohol, using medication, becoming a workaholic, and having emotional ties to a member of the opposite sex. And he said, if you look at any leader that that has lost their ability to lead as a result of the decisions they made, probably 90 to 95% of them fall in one of those four categories. And those are all things that at one point in the leader's journey, they thought they could handle. They thought they could manage it, and maybe for a season they could, but at some point, The pain and the stress got so high that they could no longer handle it in a healthy way. And as a result, it led to their downfall. And so again, he said to me, once you have something in your life that can medicate you, the presumption that you can manage the pain and stress is insane. Please help me understand why you have so much confidence in your flesh. Because again, in this season, you may be able to handle it, but in another one, you will not. And so what do you need to do, leader? You need to have boundaries in your life that you need to set in place to safeguard yourself against some of these things. You need to surround yourself with a community that will stand with you and get in your face and tell you no when you need to hear no. You need to focus on your character development leader. Do whatever it takes. Nothing is worth getting derailed from your leadership journey and the call of God on your life. Nothing. No price is too high. Pay the price of developing your character. You will never regret it. And I promise you, you won't regret it at the end of your journey. The second lesson that I learned in leadership and business is this. You must create a culture of providing feedback in your organization. You must create a culture of providing feedback in your organization. Let me just ask you a few questions about this. Number one, do you have a culture where people can give each other feedback in a healthy way? Yes or no? Number two, do you have a culture where people can give you feedback in a healthy way? Yes or no? And number three, do you have a culture where people can give the leadership team feedback in a healthy way? Yes or no? And if you answered no to any of those questions, then I'm going to tell you it's likely that you have a very toxic culture in your organization that needs fixed and it needs addressed. And uh, that's nothing to be ashamed about. This is an issue in almost every organizational culture uh, in the country because a lot of leaders don't know how to deal with this. And so a few things that that I would just want to encourage you in that may help you create a more healthy culture when it it comes to creating a culture of providing feedback. Number one is you actually need to assess whether or not you have a healthy or an unhealthy culture. And a tool that we use to to measure that at Light of Life is we work with this organization called BCWI, which stands for Best Christian Workplace Institute. And they'll come in and they have a tool, they have a survey that they send out to your entire staff. Again, it's a way to collect feedback. Uh, It's totally anonymous and it collects all kind of data on your, your organization's culture. 
and it's absolutely awesome. And you get all kinds of data points back. It'll tell you, you know, where you're strong in culture, where you're weak, what you need to work on. And it's absolutely awesome. And it gives your staff an opportunity to provide feedback. And then it gives you as a leader an opportunity to address the feedback that they gave. So again, that's the best Christian workplace Institute. I can't recommend it enough. We've been using them for years and uh, they've helped us get better and better every single year as an organization. I'm very, very grateful for them. And so And the second thing I would encourage you to do when it comes to creating a culture of feedback is you have to model this. You have to model both giving and receiving feedback on a consistent basis, not just once a year, not just once a month, day in and day out. You need to model this because your team needs to know that it is safe to provide feedback and not only safe, but you'll also actually do something with the feedback that they give you. And so model this. You know, I ask for feedback in pretty much every meeting that I'm in. In my one-on-ones, I have weekly one-on-ones, I ask for feedback. I always end the meeting, hey, is there one thing I can do that would make me a better leader or a better manager or that would add value to your life? What's one thing? In team meetings, hey, what's one thing I can do better? How can I lead better? We have quarterly retreats. Hey, what can we do together better as a team? What can we do together better as an organization? And then I may just be meeting with a staff member just randomly walking by and just say, hey, give me some feedback. What's working? What's not working? Is is there anything I'm doing that's getting in my own way that if I change, it would make a difference to you? You know, these are questions that I'm asking all the time, leader. We need to model this. If you'll create a culture where people feel safe providing feedback, you will have a healthy culture and a thriving organization. I can promise you that. Lesson number three, very simple, but very profound. The challenges of leadership are meant to make you hungry for God. The challenges of leadership are meant to make you hungry for God. Crawford Loritz said this, and it's just a basic reminder, leader, that that we can't lead aside from the leading of God, and we cannot become the leaders that we need to be without God. And so every challenge that you're facing shouldn't make you more and more frustrated with yourself. It should just make you hungrier for God. And so make sure that you're taking time to press into God, to cast your care on Him, to seek Him for wisdom in every decision that you're making, and give your leadership to Him. The challenges of leadership are meant to make you hungry for God. Number four, again, very simple but very profound. Your sole job as a leader is to grow others. Your sole job as a leader is to grow others. I love what Claude Silver said to me. She said, Doug, make sure that you see everyone that you interact with in the workplace with a help me grow sign on their foreheads. Help me grow. Isn't that what everyone wants? What if every day, every person you interacted with, you just thought about how can I help this person grow? How can I add value to this person? You could change the world if you just focus on the growth of other people. I love what Jeff Henderson said about Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A in his book four. He said this, he said, Truett was more interested in the business of growing people than he was in people growing the business. And that's exactly why his business grew. Leader, what if our sole focus was just on growing the people on our teams, growing the people in our organization? If we do that, the growth of our business, the growth of our organization will take care of itself. Just focus on growing others. It is your sole job in leadership. Lesson number five, become fans of your customers. Become fans of your customers. And I got this from Jeff Henderson's amazing book called Four. If you haven't read it yet, it is a must read for leaders. And Jeff's actually going to be our keynote speaker for our L3 One Day Leadership Conference this year on April 1st. So if you haven't gotten tickets for that yet, you can get more details at L3OneDay.com. It's going to be incredible. But in the book, Jeff made this statement, and I just think it's so practical for business. So I had to include it in this lesson. He said this. He said, the winning brands of today will be more interested in becoming fans of their customers instead of convincing customers to become fans of their brand. 
And I can't add anything to that. That is absolutely brilliant and an absolute game changer for so many businesses today. So pick up a copy of the book. You won't regret it. Lesson number six, make aggressive mistakes. Make aggressive mistakes. And this was a lesson I learned from Brian Tome, who I interviewed recently on the podcast. And I asked him if he could put one quote on a billboard for everyone to read, what would it say? And that was his answer. Make aggressive mistakes. And he talked a lot about failure in his podcast. And he said something that I thought was so interesting. He said, and if you don't know Brian, he pastors one of the largest churches in America. I think they have like 30,000 people in attendance. And he said to me, Doug, everything that I led before I planted Crossroads Church failed. Everything. And he said, maybe God was getting me so well-versed in failure so that if anything I ever did did succeed, I would never take credit for it. And I thought that was so good. Make aggressive mistakes with your life. Don't be afraid to go for things. Just try. I love what Mark Cuban said. He said, fail often. He said, you only have to be right one time to be considered an overnight success and laugh your way to the bank. That was a game changer. Make aggressive mistakes with your life. Stop being afraid. Go for it. Whatever you're going to do, launch the business, leave your job, go for the job, go for the promotion, ask the girl out, whatever it is, be willing to make aggressive mistakes and you will make aggressive progress in your life. Lesson number seven, this is huge. Allow your confidence in your business, in your leadership, and in yourself to grow. Allow your confidence in your business, your leadership, and in yourself to grow. And I got this from Daniel Harkavy in the interview that I did with him. And if you haven't listened to that, again, I can't encourage you enough to go back. He wrote the book Living Forward and talked all about creating a life plan. It's an incredible interview. But he talked about this progression of belief in your business in the interview. And it's been such a game changer since I heard him say this. And I'll just use your business or your product to start with. He said, Everyone goes through four stages of belief when it comes to their product or services. And you start off with basically saying, I I think this product or service will work. But then you grow a little bit and you start to say, well, I believe that this product or service works. And then you grow a little bit more and you say, you know what? I I know this product or service works. And then you finally get into the last stage, which is I am absolutely convicted that this works and that the world needs this. And that's just the belief system that you live out of. And I thought, we need that in our products and services, but we also need that in our leadership journey. I mean, think about it. When you started off as a leader, didn't you start off your journey and say, well, oh, oh, I think I'm a leader. But then you grew a little bit and you said, you know what? I believe I'm a leader. And then you grew a little bit more and you said, you know what? I know I'm a leader. And then you finally got to the point where you were absolutely convicted that you were a leader and the world needs your leadership. And so you give your leadership everything that you've got every day of the world because the world needs your leadership. And that's the progression of belief that we need in every area of our lives. And I just love that progression and wanted to share it with you. So whatever area you need confidence in, go through that progression. Ask yourself where you are in that and ask yourself where you need to go in that next stage of the progression. Allow your confidence to grow in your business, in your leadership, and in yourself. Lesson number eight, it's on hiring, super quick, but super practical. Someone said this to me and I thought this was so good. They said, if you wouldn't work with someone for forever, don't work with them for five minutes. There is a great filter for when you're doing your hiring. Lesson number nine, this is just a networking hack that I thought was worth sharing with you. Send emails on Saturdays. Send emails on Saturdays. This is so good. The leader told me, he said, people and executives check their email on weekends and the open rates of emails on the weekends are insane. So send emails on Saturdays if you really want to connect with people that you don't think you have an opportunity to connect with. That is brilliant. And now I want to move into the next and last category for today's lesson. And that is lessons that I learned when it comes to building a platform and developing your influence. So here we go. Lesson number one, be careful of making influence an idol. 
be careful of making influence an idol. And I went on a walk recently. It was just spending time with God. And I felt like God dealt with my heart. He, he gave me a word and it was so good. I, it's too personal to go into everything. But basically, one of the major things he dealt with me was, he said, Doug, you've made an idol of influence. You need to lay it down. And he basically dealt with my heart. He said, Doug, you never got into this to build a platform or to build influence. You got in this to love people and add value to their lives. Always go back to why you started. Don't get your eyes off of that because that is all that matters. Don't look at the numbers. Just add value. Just add value. He said that to me over and over again. And then he also said this that I thought was so good. He said, Doug, it's not just how many you influence. It's who. And, and he just dealt with me. He said, Doug, think about some of the people that you influence. And he actually had me write down some of the people that I'm influencing. And I was blown away. And it's so funny that we get so focused on the people that we're not influencing that we lose focus of the people that we do have influence over. And, and I think if some of us looked at the people that we've, we are actually influenced, we'd be blown away by the influence that God's given us. So stop getting your eyes on things that don't matter, the people that you're not reaching yet. Focus on who God's called you to reach. And this is why it's so important. Do you know that with every podcast, I pray... God, I pray that every podcast episode that I release would go to the exact people that need to hear it with exactly what they need to hear. God, I pray that every social media post reaches the exact people it's supposed to meet. I don't care if it reaches one person or if it reaches 10,000 people, Father. I just pray that it would make an impact with the people that you wanted to make an impact with. So leaders, I just want to encourage you. I think we need challenge with this all the time. Be careful of making influence an idol. I've done it too many times and I've had to repent and get on my knees and, and apologize to God and just focus on the people he's calling me to influence today. Lesson number two, be okay with being a small part of a big thing. Be okay with being a small part of a big thing. And usually when it comes to building a platform and building influence, we're all about big things. We want to have the biggest and the best, or we want to be a part of the biggest and the best. And my friend Matthew Gebert said this to me, and I thought it was so profound. He said, Doug, it's better to be a small part of a big thing than a big part of a small thing. So good. So good. I love what Wayne Cordero said. He said he was spending time with God one day and God dealt with his heart. He said, Wayne, would you serve me in obscurity for the rest of your days if I asked you to? Am I enough? And that was a great question to ask myself over and over and over again this year. If God called me into obscurity, if I never influenced another person, if I didn't have thousands of followers, if I wasn't doing the podcast, is God enough? And, and that's the question. Again, are we making influence an idol or is God enough? Because <laughs> the reality is any work that we get to do for God's kingdom is big work. If we get to have any part in God's kingdom, it is big work. So listen to me, leader. No matter what you're doing, if you're doing it for the kingdom of God, it is big work. So please don't take for granted what you get to be a part of. You're often making a way bigger difference than you think you are. And you're a part of something way bigger than you think you are. So rest in that. Be okay with being a small part of a big thing. And I love what Crawford Loretz said. He said this. He said, don't confuse recognition with greatness. Greatness is simply a life of faithfulness. That is so good. And then I'll finish with what Tozer said. Tozer said this. He said, if a, man, if a man feels like he is getting somewhere in the kingdom of God, that is pride. And until that dies, he is going nowhere. So much of what I want to say to you today about building a platform is built and building influence is just simply you have to die to that. You have to die to wanting to build your platform and die to wanting to build your influence and let God use you the way he wants to use you to influence the people he wants you to influence. And until you're okay with that, I don't think God can use you in a significant way. And the third and final lesson that I'll share when it comes to building your platform and influence is this. Trust God with your reputation. Trust God with your reputation. 
A friend of one of my mastermind groups said this, and I thought it was so profound. He said, leaders not only have to give the Lord their sins, but they also need to trust God with their reputations. And we live in a culture where so much of us building influence and building our platform is really just reputation management. And the reality is what we really need to do is just live for an audience of one. And if we'll just be faithful with what God puts in our hand, he'll take care of our reputation, he'll take care of our influence, he'll take care of our platform, and he'll make sure that our lives count. And at the end of the day, isn't that all we really want in building our platform and influence anyway? We just want to know that our lives counted. So live for an audience of one and trust God with your reputation. Well, hey, thank you so much for listening to part one of the top lessons that I learned in 2020. I hope that they added value to your life. Again, in the next episode of the podcast, it'll be part two, and you'll hear me share lessons that I learned on legacy, calling, friendship, money, parenting, and marriage. And until then, have a great day and keep leading. Hey, Leader, thank you so much for listening to part one of the top lessons that I learned in 2021. I hope that they added value to your life. And you can find links to everything that I discussed in the show notes at l3leadership.org forward slash 300. And as always, Leader, I want to encourage you, especially here in the new year, that if you want to 10x your growth this year, then you really need to either launch or join an L3 Leadership Mastermind Group. Mastermind groups have been the greatest source of growth in my life over the last six years. And if you're unfamiliar with what they are, they're just simply groups of six to 12 leaders that meet together on a consistent basis for at least one year in order to help each other grow, achieve their goals, and to do life together. If you're interested in learning more about masterminds, go to l3leadership.org forward slash masterminds. And as always, if this episode helped you, please share your key takeaways on social media or send them to another leader that you think it could add value to. Again, that helps us grow our audience and reach more leaders. So thank you in advance for that. And as always, I like to end every episode with a quote, and I'll quote Gerald Brooks, who said this. He said, most people would rather be famous than faithful. So good. Well, leader, again, I hope this episode encouraged you and added value to your life. Know that Laura and I love you. We believe in you. And just know that the world needs your leadership. So don't quit. Keep leading. Keep making a difference. You matter more than you think you do. We'll talk to you next episode.